Hi, I'm your host, Charlene Burns, a researcher with the ProLegis policy team. Welcome to The Congressional Record, a podcast by ProLegis. Each week, we bring you a deep dive into Congress's policy priorities. In this podcast, we'll cover the processes unique to the first branch of government and discuss some of the pressing policy issues legislators are working on. This week, we bring you a special episode of The Congressional Record. I had the opportunity to speak with Ananda Bhatia, a staffer with the House Select Committee on Modernization and one of the founders of the Modernization Staff Association. In this interview, Ananda and I speak about how she first became interested in staff and congressional modernization issues. We also talk about a new prototype system she created with Code for America to reform the flag request process in Congress and what she has learned about innovating in Congress. Understanding the annual appropriations process has never been more simple than with ProLegis' appropriations tool. The tool is a -a one-of-a-kind, easy-to-use, searchable database that provides historical context for federal government spending bills and contains appropriations data from fiscal year 2016 to 2021 for every account and subaccount. ProLegis' appropriations tool can help staffers quickly identify appropriations levels and trends from previous fiscal years. Whether you're working on a policy memo, reviewing appropriations requests, or trying to understand Congress's appropriations decisions, the appropriations tool can help. Sign up for our free ProLegis account to get access to the ProLegis appropriations tool today. Hi, Nanda. Thanks for joining me today on The Congressional Record. We're super excited to have you on as one of our first few guests. Thanks so much for having me. Excited to be here. Yeah. To kick things off, why don't you introduce your background a little bit and the kind of issues and work that you're doing in Congress right now? Sure. So I'm Ananda Bhatia. I am a legislative assistant with the Modernization Committee on the House side. I handle our member services. Uh, Before that, I was our clerk for about a year, and before that, I worked for Congressman Seth Moulton for two years as a staff assistant in LC, and right now, I'm mostly working on um, different issues related to modernization on the staff and diversity front and on constituent services. And for our listeners who aren't so familiar with the Select Committee on the Modernization of Congress, Could you give some insight into why it was created and the work it's done in the past few years? Yeah, so we were established back in 2019. We're a temporary select committee. So we're tasked with making Congress more effective, efficient, and transparent on behalf of the American people. We're also a fully bipartisan committee. So we've got an equal number of Democrats and Republicans who sit on the committee, and our staff is fully bipartisan too. So we don't have a majority and minority staff like most most committees do. We just have one single bipartisan staff that works together on both making recommendations on how to make Congress more transparent and efficient and on implementing those recommendations. And I'm sure from your experience on the Modernization Committee, it helped you identify a lot of challenges that may, you know, have not been within the scope of the committee. So I was hoping you can talk a little bit about the creation of the Modernization Staff Association and the type of issues that you're trying to deal with through that. Sure. So the story is really full circle. I actually attended a Modernization Committee listening session back when I was a staff assistant for Congressman Moulton, and I brought my list of 
concerns or difficulties I felt um, could be addressed as a staff assistant on the Hill, kind of my day-to-day frustrations with processes that I was constantly working on, I felt like could be a little bit easier, more streamlined, and eventually started the Modernization Staff Association before I came to the committee um, because I was just meeting naturally with junior staffers on my own and trying to work on some of these issues, like how to reserve a room on the Hill and making that process easier, or, you know, flag requests, which we're going to talk about today. And then I ended up coming to the committee and I I help run those listening sessions now. So it's, I'm very grateful that I ended up here because it really has been my passion for my entire brief Hill career. Uh, And it's exciting to finally be in a place where we can, you know, make formal recommendations too on some of these issues. And the Modernization Staff Association is a bipartisan and bicameral organization for junior staffers on the Hill. So we work on developing connections among junior staffers through social events. We put on professional development events. And then we have working groups and resource guides that we put out um, to help staffers make their lives easier. So everything from our SALC best practices guide and our working from home guide, we've got affordable housing resources that we've listed, different uh, resource sheets on how to pay your interns in your office and different funding models. And then we have several projects and working groups that we're working on and flag requests is one of the big ones. Yeah, that's really exciting. I totally didn't realize that that was something that you had worked on before the modernization committee. So that's that's interesting to hear. But jumping on what you mentioned, we're here to talk about the flag request system today. I mean, from my perspective, obviously, and Prolegis' perspective, there are a lot of challenges and opportunities with developing new technologies and processes for Congress right now, just because there's such a plethora of technologies that just aren't quite yet being adopted in the institution. So I think for everyone in this space who's trying to innovate, um, it's, it's an exciting time because there's a lot going on where, you know, it feels like there are opportunities for things to be changing, but there are also some frustrations because, you know, that change doesn't always happen as fast as we want it to. So for this conversation, hoping to kind of get some insight into your personal experience in identifying problems, creating solutions, and trying to pitch that solution to Congress as something that they should actually adopt. And so to start things off, if you don't mind, just kind of going over the current process of flag requests and explaining to listeners who may not know what that is and and, um, what it looks like currently in Congress. Absolutely. So it's different in the House and the Senate, like a lot of things are. Um, A flag request, all that means is uh, a constituent is requesting a physical American flag to be mailed to them. It's a service that congressional offices offer. And a lot of times they ask for those flags to be flown over the Capitol and the flag will come in a box with a certificate that says, you know, my member flew this flag for me. It was flown over the Capitol and it's in celebration of or memory of or commemoration for a certain event. So people will get them for military ceremonies, for birthdays, for graduations, uh, for funerals, a lot of times really important, special or, or meaningful events in people's lives. And for that reason, they're they're really meaningful to, for people and they're also important to get on time and sometimes stressful, right? If you've got, you know, an important event coming up, you want to make sure everything's ready for it. You, you want to make sure you know exactly that your flag is going to get to you on time, right? It's, it's a common stressor. So 
Uh, the process for requesting a flag, most offices will have a form on their website the same way you would request a tour of the Capitol, for example, you'd have a form to fill out to request a flag. And then on the House side, that form comes in to your constituent relations manager, the system you use to handle all of your mail and constituent correspondence. And you go through several different steps, but basically the flag will move between um, the House Office Supply Store and then the flag office to be flown and then to House Mailing Services delivered back to the office and then sent out. On the Senate side, it's similar, but you've got different offices over there working on it. So the Senate stationery, PGDM, uh, which is printing graphics and direct mail, and then the flag office as well. And so what makes the process a little complicated is that there's multiple different offices in both chambers that are dealing with these flags. And requests can take a long time, especially if there's a backlog, if you're near a major holiday or something. So constituents will often be calling saying, you know, hey, it's my flag going to come on time or it's later. I'm, I'm worried about it. Where is it? And it's the staff assistant's job in the office to put in the flag request, but then also do the uh, correspondence with the constituent to make sure that they get the answers that they need. And so what we, the one of the main pain points that we're looking into is just being able to track where the flag is in the process because it's moving between so many offices. The staffers are often calling around between multiple offices every single time a constituent calls them, trying to figure out where is the flag in the process so they have a sense of how much longer will it be, or if something went wrong, how can we fix it? And I know that as you identified the problem, you also started working on a solution, and part of that was in a joint effort with Code for America. Can you talk a little bit about the process of developing a solution and, and finding the right people to help and, and what that looked like? Yeah, so our idea was creating a pizza tracker for flags, we like to call it. So the same way if you order a pizza, you can see you know, which stage of the process it is. It just kind of gives you that comfort of, I know in general how much longer it's going to be to get to me and I can see that it's moving and, and know that it's happening. Um, we, we were trying to design that same thing for flag requests so that the staffer and even maybe the constituent in an ideal world would be able to see exactly where their flag is in the process. And that also means hopefully less work for the institutional offices too. Uh, so if something goes wrong, a staffer can just call that one office they already know it's with instead of them constantly having to field calls from offices too saying, sorry, calling again, trying to figure out what this flag is. They don't have to do that work anymore, ideally. So we worked with Code for America. Um, Code for DC specifically has been helping with this project to make a prototype of what a, a flag tracker would look like. We have a full demo ready to go. Um, it's pretty cool. Of course, the, the only way to implement it is to actually have it be adopted, right? I mean, you can't just use it without the incoming data. Um, so it's just a, a proof of concept right now. Um, but yeah, we've got an example up so we can show and demo to the different institutional offices. This is where, this is how it would work and this is how the data would come in and, and what it would look like for both the office themselves um, and the staff assistant and for the flag office, for house mailing, for all the other offices involved. So now that you have a prototype developed, what are the next steps for you? Who do you have to go to to get institutional buy-in? And can you explain a little bit about kind of what's unique about Congress as perhaps like a workplace that makes it, you know, more complicated than some for getting them to adopt a new a new software or a new data process? 
Sure. Yeah, I think for a lot of the things where we, we have these big ideas and we want to make them happen, it, it is difficult to know who to talk to in the first place. And what's challenging with both the House and the Senate is, I mean, multiple things, but one is there's a lot of offices involved. So it's not as simple as, you know, let's just talk to the flag office and see if they want to try something different. There's, you know, four or five different players that are all involved and all might use different systems, that all have systems that talk to each other in different ways. So it's it's complicated to overhaul an entire system. And the House and the Senate have, they both use the same flag office, but the other offices involved in the process are different. So that's been a hurdle too. Do we try to change it all at once and create a tracker that could work in either chamber? Or is it easier and less complicated to have a separate tracking system in both the House and Senate, which is because the processes are separate now? You know, we're still kind of working through that. So something that's exciting about the current environment is that, yeah, there are there have been a lot of improvements over the last several years in the ways that new technologies can come to the Hill. So one of the incredible new offices on the House side is called House Digital Services, and their entire job is really to look at different pain points within the House and uh, create new systems, basically, right? And find solutions that are really staff oriented, and they've done a really great job of making sure that every all of the projects that they're working on, the focus is what are the major pain points that are really affecting staffers and, and going out and talking to staffers themselves and holding focus groups and that kind of thing. So. Um, that's the first place I went with this demo um, for the house side is to them to to pitch as an idea. And I know they've got it as in their you know queue of ideas to work on. But again, they're fairly new. So they've got a whole lot of projects that are in their queue. And then on the Senate, we've made definitely made some progress. Um, the Senate Sergeant at Arms actually sent out a survey earlier this year and, and said they're officially taking this on, did their own kind of intake of the problem with staff assistance. So they're in the process of reforming their flag system. There's And, you know, the tracking is kind of the easiest idea for people to wrap their heads around and one of the ones we're most excited about. So it's kind of the one that's most front and center, but we have some other ideas related to flag reform and they've got other aspects of it that they're uh, actively working on right now too. So they are making changes. They're actually already piloting some of the flag process changes in a couple of different Senate offices uh, and hopefully everyone will be able to use them. Yeah, I didn't know about um, the recent development, so that's great to hear. Can you talk a little bit about the other reforms that you know may not be as flashy or as interesting as the pizza tracker aspect? Yeah, sure. So again, it's different in the House and Senate. So some of the pain points that are in the House side have already been solved by the Senate and vice versa, which is kind of funny. So for example, um, on the Senate side, the PGDM can will mail flags directly to constituents, whereas on the House side, they're delivered to the House mailing services who delivers the flags to the personal offices, who puts them in the envelope and addresses them, who sends them back to mailing services, who mails the flag. So there's kind of an extra step in there. Um, one of our dreams is that mailing services would have the option of just sending out the flags themselves. So it could come back to your office if you want to personalize it at an extra note. Some offices will do that kind of thing. Um, but if not, you don't you have to take that extra step. So that's kind of a house side idea. On the Senate side, one of the main concerns was, again, something solved on the house already, which is that the data that comes in, the form that the constituent fills out, 
um, isn't automatically translated into a form that can be sent to the other offices in the Senate. So they have to just basically rewrite all of the information that they get from the constituent a second time and then send it along. Whereas in the House, it's just all automatically generated and sent out to the people it needs to go to. So that's something they're working on over there. And one of the things the Senate is working on specifically, too, is making it easier to um, fill out customizable certificates for flags. Uh, they've got this really cool new portal they're working on where you can see the changes as you go, like see exactly what it'll look like on the certificate, uh, which just makes it so much easier because I think it's it's a hassle if you get your entire flag, fill out your certificate, et cetera, it comes back, there's one small mistake because you typed it in wrong or something, uh, making that process easier will save people a lot of time too. And I have a final couple questions for you um, related to what you learned from this process and any tips you have for anybody else who is in the same position as you, who they've identified pain points. Maybe they've got a collective group of people who are all interested in, in reforming or updating some aspect of a congressional process. What are some tips that you have for them on how to get that change to happen? Yeah, I think my couple tips are one, to be open-minded and willing to learn and, and accept that there are different challenges or things you might not have thought of as you're going through. So absolutely, as we've been having conversations with different offices, I mean, our goal is to make the process easier, not just for constituents and not just for staff assistants, but for the people who are working in the other offices too. That ideally, you know, the tracking of some of these other changes would make their lives easier as well because they would not have to do all this extra work of fielding phone calls. So we want it to be a very easy to use system that won't cause anyone extra work. It'll make everyone's lives easier. So there's certain things, you know, people will bring up as we're saying, oh, well, wouldn't it be cool if we had a QR code to scan and pass it along? Well, other offices have said that will completely change our process and we'll have to buy new phones. We'll have to retrain people on, on the basics. Like it's, it doesn't fit in with anything that we're doing currently. So just being and being flexible and willing to, you know, make changes and understand uh, where people are coming from, I think is important. But uh, the other thing I'll say is it it's helpful to be persistent too, because you know flags is we've been working on this for just a couple of years, but uh, there's other issues, digital signatures, for example, people have been pushing for that for a long time, and we're told over and over that it's it'll be too difficult or too big of a security risk to do electronic co-sponsorship or that type of thing. And it's here. It, it happened. So, and Quill is an awesome system that we're really lucky to have now in the house. And I think sometimes you're going to hear no over and over again. And if you are able to be persistent and just wait for the right person who's interested in taking it on, um, it's, it's always possible. Flag requests is a big thing, obviously. And it seems like there's been some movement happening in the Senate, which is exciting. And hopefully there will be some adoption in the house as well as some changes coming. But what's next for you and maybe the Modernization Staff Association? Is there anything we can look forward to seeing? Yeah, well, we're really excited about our very first mentorship program. Uh, we've been partnering with the Capitol Hill Intern Association. We have 375 people signed up already for our summer program. We've been, we just had our kickoff social event and are going to host other get-togethers, happy hours, that type of thing uh, later on in the summer. And we've had tons of people already meeting their mentors and mentees, so we're very excited about that. Um, we just have lots of different trainings and events coming up in general. We're doing a salary negotiation workshop later on this week. 
Um, we're also in the middle of updating our best practices guide. Right now, we've got kind of one giant comprehensive guide that's more house focused and we're working on splitting it. So there's a house only best practices SALC guide and a Senate focused one um, with new results from a survey that we sent out to all staff assistants and LCs in the House and Senate. So there's gonna be tons of data in there, lots of new stuff. We're really excited about that. That's awesome. That's super exciting to hear. Yeah, I definitely recommend anybody who's a junior staffer to get involved because developing you know, those mentorship type relationships are really key to having a successful career on the Hill. So yeah, thank you Ananda again for talking about this and taking us through the process of the whole flag request system and, and your efforts around that. Thank you for coming on. Of course, thanks so much for having me. ProLegis is a new policy technology company founded by former congressional staffers and startup alums. We have one mission, to offer free tools that make it easier to learn about, track, and deepen your understanding of policy issues and legislation. We offer free features such as U.S. code redlining and a personalizable dashboard to track the legislation and congressional activity that matters to you. We also offer nonpartisan, unbiased information through our briefings and podcasts. Sign up for a free account today to get full access to the suite of policy tools on ProLegis.com. That's all for this episode of the Congressional Record. Thanks for listening, and don't forget to sign up for your free ProLegis account if you haven't already. You can go to ProLegis.com, that's P-R-O-L-E-G-I-S.com, to find additional show notes and sources for each of our episodes. Also, don't forget to follow us on social media. We're on Twitter, LinkedIn, and Instagram. Our handles are in the episode notes as well. Finally, I want to give special thanks to Amelia Schuster and Jason Lemons for their editorial help. We'll see you next week on the Congressional Record.